Hey, welcome to our podcast on the art of relationships. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Tim Yohoff. And we're with the Biola University Center for Marriage and Relationships. And we're here to talk all things relationships. In today's episode, we want to talk about hot button issues. Hot button issues. Yeah, the things that drive us crazy. Like the other day I'm online and what do I do? I see that someone had spent 157 <laughs> a lot of money at a place nearby. Let's say it's Marshalls. And I say, Hey Elisa, is this you? Did somebody did you spend money? And she's like, the little bubble above her head says, of course I did. What do you think you see on our credit card? And really what I wasn't asking was, did you spend this money? Is this you? Instead, I was saying, wow, what's going on here? How come I didn't know about this big expense going on? And now all of a sudden, guess what happens? We are not talking just about money being spent. We're talking about other things that at a deeper level, right, that are really there, like feeling like, Wait a minute, do we we should talk about this? If that's a big expense, how did you end up spending that one without talking to me? And now we're starting to tap into things like oof, issues, value, security, being controlled, whatever it is. So Yeah, and you don't need to be married to experience these hot button issues. My goodness, roommate situations are rife with these kind of hot button issues. I remember when I was at Eastern Michigan University as an undergraduate, I had a, a roommate of my a great guy. You would love him. Just a great guy. He would unwrap something and just put it on the edge of the counter when the garbage can was right there. And I, Chris, I would walk past it and see that wrapper, and I wanted to hurt him. I'm like, dude, it is right there. It is all you got to do is lift it. There's even a little footy thing. You hit the foot thing, the top comes up, just take and put it. And his response was, one, wow, like, Dude, it's just, it's fine. And I'm, so that's interesting because I, what, what, I don't even know what fueled that, to be honest with you. It, just, it, was, like, it was like emotional nails on a chalkboard yep. every time I saw that. Yep. So we all have these hot buttons. We do. And they hit at the oddest times. And then we can come up with some wacky conclusions. I would come home in the newspaper, for example, or the mail would be in the trash. And I would say the first time, hey, at least would you not throw away the, maybe, you know, the mail or the newspaper until I get a chance to read it? And while three weeks later, she says, of course, I, you know, that'd be great. No problem. Three weeks later, what happens? The mail and the newspaper is in the trash. <laughs> and I come home and I go, well, that was weird. Yeah. Hey, Elise, I think, did I have this conversation with her? Hey, Elise, would you mind not throwing away the newspaper and the mail? And she goes, oh, yeah, no problem. And I'll wait for, you know, we'll go. And then three weeks later. It's back in the trash. And I'm thinking That's right. either she's evil and is communicating something to me, which I know she's not, <laughs> or we have something going on here. That's yeah. And we really began to unpack this as time went on because, you know what, we just didn't do it at that point. This kind of went on for a little bit of time. And eventually, one of the only ways that helped me not to figure, you know, not to start going and, and thinking crazy, wacky things about this person that I love was it took some time to unpack what was really going on there and what was I feeling and why was I feeling this? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Listen, we are designed this way. We are designed to understand and to recognize in relationship that there are going to be things like emotions and emotional struggles and conflicts. In fact, they're central themes to marriages and all relationships, right? And we have that. Fascinatingly, the mind and the heart and the soul are so good at recognizing emotions. Here's something, Tim, that I think is fascinating. We have been designed with over 42 muscles in our face. Oh, my. And they are designed primarily to express emotions. 
and convey them to other people. We have over 600 words in the English language just to describe emotions. Wow. Our capacity for this is so great. But here's the problem. And this we're going to talk about today on this podcast. I want to get your opinion on this and hear more about it. But it goes like this. Some of us are really good at naming and knowing our emotions. Yeah. We can kind of look at this. Lisa could say things about sometimes the way she's feeling or I might be able to express something. But there are times in which I don't always know. I'm kind of lost. I, like you said, this roommate, throwing that away, why you felt that way is almost a mystery, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that I want to talk about what we're going to do today is talk a little bit about ways in which we can thin slice. That is the ways we can get at this issue or problem and see what really is going, especially when we get that button that's triggered, that hot button. Somebody says something or does something and it hits us at a deep emotional level. We're not always paying attention to it. So what we want to do is maybe talk a little bit more about that, see if we can dive into that, because we believe at the end of the day that couples are in conflict are going to be able to manage their conflict better, the better they are able to understand what we call thin slice or pick out what is really happening in this conflict. And I might not know, by the way. I I remember the book of Proverbs says, a person's emotions, their thoughts are like deep waters. And so, to be honest, if you were to ask me to articulate, okay, the wrapper by the garbage, right? This is a wrapper. It's like a granola bar wrapper. What's the deal, right? Um, That's an interesting question that I might not even be able to fully answer. There are things that make me mad within my marriage or even within the classroom, if you were to stop and say, hey, what's going on here? Um, It'd be very hard for me sometimes to articulate it. And I think that's the language thing you were bringing up. Isn't it Goldman who talked about the EQ, Mm -hmm. the emotional quotient, that that, can you identify your emotions and do you have the vocabulary to express those emotions? And some of us don't do a great job. Yeah, that we don't. One, we just simply, that's not a common way to talk, right? When somebody, when something happens, we just say, hey, would you not do that? Or, hey, this really bugged me. And we kind of use more general, broad language, like it really ticked me off in this, or or this really bothered me. Instead of looking at some of these maybe more deeper ways and things that strike us that could be related to a very different thing that happened maybe early on. So I maybe have dealt with this idea of respect or being valued or being heard. Instead, I say, hey, why would you throw that away? When in reality, I'm feeling disrespected or unheard, for example. So here's the thing. One of the ways that we find that couples, when they deal with conflict, can do better in managing it is to gain insight and use that insight into what your spouse's deeper issue or what yours might be, that hot button that is really going on, gaining insight into that, and then using that for developing greater empathy and compassion for that person. And that becomes one of the tricks or one of the ways we do to get to a deeper level of understanding. As you said, those wells, that water runs deep. And in there, getting an understanding of that. So here's the point. An argument or disagreement about some event. Maybe it's the laundry or the kids. You know, it could be anything about being late are oftentimes fueled by things like, well, deep down, it's about being unloved. You know, Mm. if we're arguing about the laundry, that sounds weird to say it's about feeling unloved, but in reality, that could could be the very issue that you're dealing with, or you feel insecure, or you feel betrayed, or you feel controlled. So in some ways, I could see this being used in inappropriate ways as a defense mechanism. For example, let's say... Noreen's upset. Let's take a wild hypothetical that I fold laundry, right? <laughs> wild <laughs> hypothetical. So I'm folding laundry and Noreen is upset. 
with how I'm folding the laundry. She feels like, uh, again, I'm watching TV. I'm doing kind of a, you know, I'm distracted. I'm not doing a great job. And Noreen says, honey, seriously, well, don't, don't do it if you're going to kind of, you know, do it like that. I said, Noreen, I think this, this is a hot button issue for you because I think deep down inside you feel unloved. And Noreen's <laughs> like, no, no, it's about the laundry. It's yeah. about the fact that I don't think that constitutes being folded in a way that's kind of productive. We might as well take the clothes and just throw them in the dresser. So I said, no, honey, trust me. I have a friend who's a psychologist. I do a <laughs> podcast with him. This is going back to deep feelings of feeling unloved. Right. So that's kind of interesting to say, is it a hot button issue? Clearly it is. I mean, this mm-hmm. bothers her, mm-hmm. but I might be using it to say, see, this really isn't the crummy job I'm doing with the laundry. This yeah. is your hot button issue. How do you navigate that? Yeah, see, it's interesting because we could use almost any insight or any tool, either defensively or offensively, right? We can go out and attack somebody with this very kind of thing and say, really, this is about this, isn't it, Noreen? Well, now you're kind of taking yeah. a, a step above her, trying to, it's almost condescending. It's almost like saying, oh, this is what you're feeling, isn't it? Yeah. This is what, well, that, that's never going to go over very well. I think maybe the other way to think about this is there are times in which, um, you might want to use it this way instead to say, can I try and figure something out? Can I learn a little bit more? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Paul in, in Philippians said, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But also the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. But then he said, see if there be any hurtful way in me. Mm-hmm. And lead me in the everlasting yeah. way. So I think if we take this with the right approach and attitude, one that says, okay, or we, we kind of struggle. We're having some conflict in this area. I want to learn a little bit more about this person and help me to see from their world, from their perspective, what does this mean? What does the laundry mean? Why is it that important to Noreen? And there must be something there. Maybe it makes her feel like th- th- there's something about this. And you could say something to the effect of, Noreen, can I just ask a little bit, what is it about this? What, why does this bother you? Am I doing something and, and do you feel like maybe I'm not listening to you or that I'm, I'm being too flippant or I don't take care of this and that, you know, I don't value you or whatever it is. And so again, really, it's kind of that attitude that we take, doesn't it? That approach. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you correctly, this is how I'm kind of interpreting it. I think it's okay for Noreen to be upset and feel like, honey, when you're watching TV and you're trying to, right, you're watching a game on TV and you're trying to fold the laundry, it sure seems like I'm getting like half your attention. And some of this laundry just does not fold. It. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I just don't think this is right the way to fold laundry. To me, that's not a hot button issue. Right. A hot button issue is Noreen looks at the laundry and feels deeply disrespected. Yeah. Or, or for me, like, like lateness is just a hot button issue mm-hmm. for me. I, I, when students walk in late mm-hmm. or anybody walks in late, I, I find that deeply disrespectful. Yeah. Now, I had a friend of mine once kind of confront me on it. He said, listen, I, I get the promptness thing. Mm-hmm. And I think as a general rule, promptness is really good. But man, what you're reading into their lateness is like a personal attack on you. To me, I think we just entered into the realm of that's a hot button issue. Yeah, I think that's right, Tim. I think you have to make some decisions about uh, places in which this is really going to be something that you want to make an issue of and something that you can say, you know what, this really isn't the hill I want to die on. That's right. And knowing that is the better part of wisdom, right? And that is saying, okay, the laundry's there. I get it. I don't, maybe I just don't need to make a big deal with this. There's just, I I can get it. Somebody being late. Okay, I get it. I understand. And, And you just say, this isn't the time. 
But then there are other situations in which what happens is, and I think this reason is when you start to r- realize your emotions are starting to show and come out in a variety of yeah. ways, yeah. that I think is very insightful and important information that God can use as, as to the status and, and, and give you insight about your very soul, which interestingly enough, guess what? Close relationships, things like marriage Wow, they if they are truly designed to make us holy, this is God's access to our very heart, very being. And emotion can kind of point to that and say, there is something here. What does it mean when somebody's late? And I think that could very well be some ways in which we can begin to learn how to transform and to become more like him by listening and being thoughtful about what that means when these come up instead of ignoring them or you know blasting out with somebody. Um, so, you know, the, the other thing about this is we sometimes don't realize when these come into play and we beget this pointless arguing. We argue yeah. with our spouse about maybe, oh, who's more wasteful? Who's more lenient? Who's mm. more cautious? Who, who folds the laundry and who thinks more about this? When really we're just missing something. We're missing something that's at work. And it's some of those really subtle unconscious clues. So when I say this to Elisa, when I say, wow, who spent the money or did you spend money at, you know, wherever – well, that, that kind of subtle cue I'm giving is, Lisa, you're wrong, you're selfish, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you, you spend. And she translates that as what? She translates that as, Chris, I'm, I'm angry with you or, or, yeah. or, or that yeah. I'm angry with her or that I don't like her. And that is what begins to push her button. So really, in reality, it's very careful for us to tread in this area and use it in a way that helps us kind of gain insight to who we are, what we are like. Um, because many times these are unfortunately not brought to the surface and discussed. And it's funny when you follow a hot button down the rabbit hole. And I've only done this a couple of times, to be honest with you. But um, I grew up, and, and I think your father was like this a little bit. But I, And again, this was a different generation. But to say no to my father, to even say to my father, hey, I'll get to it. Yeah. I mean, could you do that with oh, your father? No way. No. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you jumped and did it. Oh, the belt came out so fast. Right? And, and to this day, I can be an adult in a hotel room by myself and hear the sound of that belt coming through my loops. I drop it. And it's like a Vietnam flashback. I'm like, yeah. ah, you know. So when my kids wouldn't jump yeah. when I said something, mm-hmm. I mean, jump or even say no mm-hmm. or, or jokingly say mm-hmm. no. Noreen said, honey. The reaction, you're, again, you're not your father, and I don't think your dad was always the best like model uh, of kind of the roles. That was like one of those epiphany moments, like, yeah. wow, okay, I, this is a $10 reaction yeah. to a nickel event. Yep. And that was really helpful for me to kind of see. Not, by the way, the kids should do what I say, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't say no, but, but for me to take it so personally mm-hmm. that they wanted to finish playing a video game and then do it, I just took that personally. I thought that was a really important moment for me. It is. Those are the moments, I think, where we stop and pause and go, okay, there is something here, and there's more here to explore, and I need to figure out what that is. And so one of the things you can do is, as you said, as you kind of dove down into that rabbit hole, as you begin to realize, ah, oh, this is tied into the way in which I saw the world through my parents' eyes or the way in which something kind of shaped me early on or the way I kind of view things now, right? And so as you take a conflict and think about that, it is really important that you kind of start to look at what is this, what's the self-message I'm being sent, uh, you know, that I'm hearing, right? What am I hearing about me in this 
Uh, and then I think that's where the psalmist said, try me and know my anxious mm. thoughts. Yeah. See if there's any hurtful way in me. Because oftentimes it could come out, well, no, this, you know what? Maybe this was an overreaction. And I tend to do this same overreaction in this situation as I do in my marriage, as I do with kids. And sometimes even with my friends or my colleagues at work, these same kinds of things get pushed in similar manners. So who breaks the tie? Okay, go back yeah. to you and Elisa, yeah. right? Because let's not do my marriage. That's, I mean, I think there's a lot of fertile ground for yeah, you and Elisa. Yeah. And it would cost a lot of money for you to so, go ahead and get free therapy. <laughs> so go back to the newspapers. Yeah. Who breaks the tie when a couple is at a stalemate? In other words, yeah. one spouse could say, hey, you reading into the newspaper thing, yep. that's on you. Because to read into that, that is honestly not my intent. Right. So that's mostly you. And I think you sort of kind of need to get over it yep. because that is, cl I'm telling you right now, don't read into what I'm right. doing because that is not my intent. Who breaks the stalemate? Yeah, I think this is exactly what we're challenged to do when we grow and we decide that we want to become better. We want to become more like Christ. Mm -hmm. We want to grow in this. So here's, I, I think in this particular situation, what it was is, you know, I, I would talk to Elise. I say, Elise, can I just find out a little bit more? I want to be curious. And I kept an open mind. I did it when I wasn't upset, when this wasn't the case. We went out, we just talked. And I just said, you know, Elise, let's talk about something. And I'm not worried about it. I'm not upset about it right now. So it's easier to talk. But when when something happens, when, when the house gets a little bit messy, I notice something. I notice that you'll throw away things. And is that right? Is, do you, do you, is there something about a messy house? And she said, oh, Chris, you would not believe this. It, it is. I, you know, this for me makes me feel out of control at times mm. because I feel like I'm going to miss something. Like, you know, I've got, we've got a kids things to go to. We've got events to be at. We've got people coming over. We've got all of these things going on. And if the house is messy, it just feels like I'm not going to be able to maintain control of all these spinning plates. And so for her, it wasn't as if there was any intention whatsoever. She just simply was trying to keep a place and under control. And that's why she was ending up throwing this thing away. Well, in doing so, I started to realize I had a role in that, you know, because just because I like a messy place or it doesn't bother me at all, she would say this kind of bothers her. So I think what breaks the stillmate a little bit is helping see and begin to take the perspective of somebody else. Yeah, I was just going to say that from a communication standpoint, we call that perspective taking. Right. <clears throat> and what's funny is sometimes I do perspective taking, but I don't uh, ask Noreen to be part of it. So let mm -hmm. me tell you one that kind of just rubbed me. We had to work this out early in our marriage. I remember literally getting back from the honeymoon uh -huh. and Saturday comes, okay? Yeah. In my house, Saturday, you watch pro football. Yeah. That's just what you did. It's like, it's college like football a, on Saturday. College football. And, and then uh -huh. pro. On Sunday. On Sunday and Monday night. Monday yeah, night. just three hours. Oh, come on. That's not bad. Come on. <laughs> Are we asking too much? No. So I am sitting, I'm sitting there and Noreen, I got my table. I've got my chips baked because I care about my body. I'm sitting there, right? And Noreen walks by with work gloves on. And she says to me, hey, what are you doing? I said, honey, I'm watching football. She goes, oh. And walks outside and starts to do yard work. Chris, I sat there and did perspective taking, but never brought her in on it. I'm sitting there going, well, listen, I worked pretty hard this week. I absolutely worked hard this week. Why can't I sit and watch two football games? Why can't I sit? What's wrong with that? Like, what's, I mean, does she not think that I, so I'm doing it and, and not thinking the best of her. Yeah. So to bring her in, mm -hmm. 
we had one of these aha moments. And I just said, hey, I'm just curious, like with your family, how do you spend a weekend? Mm -hmm. She said, oh, it was really fun to watch my parents mm -hmm. pick a project in the weekend mm -hmm. and go do it. And so for her, that's kind of a sign of like marital uh, unity and bliss. I call right? it sickness. <laughs> um, but for her, so isn't that interesting that yes. we're having two competing visions? I mean, for me, Saturday is a mm -hmm. time of rest. Mm -hmm. And Sunday is the Lord's Day. You don't do work on the Lord's Day, Chris. It's the <laughs> Lord's Day. So I, I don't even turn the stations. I just use a remote. I'm very, this is a conviction I have. But you know what I mean? So two competing visions. We're right. both pushing each other's hot buttons. Yeah. And when you learn, um, so what I do now is when I watch those two games, I pray for Noreen. I said, I just want her to feel my love without me having to get up. Yeah, which is why we have you on this program and this podcast, because <laughs> your whole approach to marriage is something that needs fixing. Yes. And people, I think I'm sure our listeners are going to say, wow, at least I'm better. <laughs> so here's what I want you to I think. I want to write a marriage book called <laughs> Marriage from the Couch. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could work. I think it'd be great. Yeah. And then subtitles would be like, the day the batteries wore out. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> So, hey, what do you do then in this kind of situation, Tim? I think you guys started to identify that, right? All, all couples who are committed and make this commitment to each other say this. Listen, at the end of the day, I, I want you to know that I have I've entered into something in which I vowed to give you my best and I vowed to look out for you and I vowed to be and to show love and respect to you. And in so doing, here's what I want to do. And so, you, you know, there's all kinds of solutions, right? And so you could say, I'll tell you what, Noreen, let's do this, yeah. right? And I'm yeah. sure that's what you guys have come up with is, oh, we'll do some yard work earlier on before the games. And that word is compromise. That's exactly Boy, that it. Is, that will make a yep. roommate relationship work. Yep. It'll make a family reunion work. Yep. And it'll make a marriage work. And, uh, you know, compromise, I always say this to my kids and it didn't go over well. Uh, in Latin, compromise means the middle way. Mm -hmm. So if I was doing Saturday all by myself, mm -hmm. this is how I would do Saturday. If Noreen was doing it, this is how she would doing it. Well, guess what? We're doing the middle way, mm -hmm. which I think is great to say, hey, why don't we do something before um, the game? Or I always say to Noreen, what? this is why God made halftime. Yep. Right. Halftime <laughs> is when we can do, you know, but, but yeah, I think you're right. Compromise is really important. Knowing how, how you're reading this, even mm -hmm. though I might think, boy, that's reading way too much into this, yeah. but knowing that it really sincerely bothers you, this is what Paul says, put the needs of another person above yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. You could even do this even in areas in which you're maybe not dealing in conflict, but maybe that you're dealing with, for example, just simple uh, joys or the ways you experience fun things that yeah. maybe the spouse is a little bit different. So yeah. here's here's one for us. I love reading. For me, if you gave me a Saturday or a weekend and you said, man, you have eight, 10 hours, you just get to go and pick a book and hang out and read, oh, that would be heaven for me. Yeah. Well, heaven for Elisa, where she actually, she would even say she feels closest to God is when she's out in nature. Nature, kind of taking a hike yeah. or at the beach. And so those are very two competing ways, very positive events. But we can sometimes be, well, That's Chris, right. are you going to just stick around and read all day? Because I would, and I realize now that compromise is one of the things that has helped us in this. So, you know what we do now? One of the things we'll do is we'll pack up the beach chairs. We'll head down to the beach. She'll sit there and she'll just be in heaven. She'll just love the sitting there, the surf, the smell, the people, the ocean. And I bring a book. But does and, that work for you? Well, it works because I can sit there and read and I feel like she's doing some things. But you know what? It's a compromise because I'd rather be in a nice, That's quiet a, yeah. place. So yeah. it's one of the compromises. And you get to see Elisa in a bathing suit. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Cowbell. <laughs> um, hey, but you, you know, one area this comes up, Chris, that it just occurs to me, and we maybe should do a whole podcast on this. If ever there was an issue that has hot button issues written all over it and misinterpreting each other, it's in sexual intimacy. Oh, it is. Yeah. Because what men read into when a woman says, hey, I'm, I'm just tired tonight or tonight's not a good night. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that she doesn't initiate as much as I would want her to initiate that I always have to initiate. This is where a compromise and that perspective taking really is going to come into play. Yeah, these are going to be two new podcasts that we're going to do soon, and they're going to be on this. They're going to be, one, specifically on the area of sexual intimacy, the way in yeah. which we navigate this, both within marriages and then in our culture, its views on sexual intimacy and its impact on relationships. Those will be an upcoming. But also, in addition to that, will be we are going to talk at length in our next podcast on now that these issues are coming up, now that we're dealing or getting some insight into these things, or these begin to plague us, how do we communicate? How do we bring it up? How do we talk? What are some ways in which we can do this? Because guess what? A lot of couples say there are just some areas, unfortunately, we don't talk about and we don't have good communication on. 10,000 communication scholars surveyed at the National Communication Association conference saying, what is the number one reason couples actually call it quits? Mm -hmm. They can't communicate about these issues. Yeah, Yeah, and it's really sad. Well, listen, we've enjoyed having you guys with us. Tim, thanks so much. Um, We are really glad for uh, just an opportunity to hang out with you guys. So this has been helpful for you and you want to find more resources on marriage and relationships, visit our website at cmr.biola.edu. Even to get weekly updates, subscribe to our email newsletter at our website, again, cmr.biola.edu, and we'll see you next time.